The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. When the Braves play, Chris and Mo are talking about it. Yeah, that's trash can juice. Speak for yourself. For better or worse, on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Back to the Lee Company studio. Yep, they're fans too. Here's Chris and Mo. Welcome back in hour number two of this Wednesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are in the Lee Company studio, and we are now on the downward slide. We have hit the top of the hump. It's Wednesday evening. It is Wednesday <laughs> evening. And we are pumped to be on WKM 101.7 FM and looking out the West 7th cam to see the AT&T truck. The AT&T truck. Uh, so before we get into this, I, I, I want to talk about some trash can juice and it has nothing to do with sports. Uh, outside of AT&T's, you know, failure, <laughs> To be here on time. The comments section. JP, Mm -hmm. never read the comments. Mm. No, no, I don't. So I'm reading the comments on a... Can't do it. uh, On a Facebook post about the city of Columbia pouring a mile or so of of sidewalk on East 8th Street, which is on the other side... This is West 8th, so East 8th would be on the other side of the square. East 8th, okay, on the other side of the square and a block down. Correct. Yeah. So, the comments are, are, as you'd expect, well, you're out here bragging about doing this when you ain't got West 7th finished. You need to stop worrying about AT&T and, by God, just get it done. Well, that's not how it works. It's not like (laughs) Chaz Mulder comes out here with his concrete truck. (laughs) Anyway. Don't be that guy. <coughs> if you don't know how city government works, just 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 pretend like you have nothing to say. Sounds like you've got a nominee for this week's that this guy. guy. This guy. This guy. And it was about four of them. Uh-huh. It yeah. wasn't just one. It, it, it's multiple because people who don't understand how city government works and how, <laughs> how contracts and that sort of thing work, they, they just think that, you know, every project has to go in – sequential order but you you say that like you expect people that don't know how things work to realize to try they don't know how things work and, and and none of them have ever tried they've never been to a council meeting they don't understand and that's that's fine and and as a news writer you know someone who has that background it's really difficult for me because i've been in council meetings since my granddad was a city councilman when i was in high school I get how city government works, and that's one reason, like, it just it frustrates me. So, to those of you out there, yes, this is a boondoggle. This is a problem. West 7th is awful. 
but let's not stop any improvement just because this one isn't done. That's all I'm saying. There's so many things we can do that make the city better. Just because this one's not done doesn't mean we shouldn't do those. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. But you shouldn't read the comments. You shouldn't read comments. I don't. I've not not read comments. I got into a bad personal situation on Coach T. On my son, my son's senior year, and um, I don't read message boards. I don't read comments. I don't. I don't mess with any of it. Those are some. I don't write. I don't read the comments on my own articles. Those are some dark rabbit holes. In 2017, my New Year's resolution was to not read the comments. (laughs) And you've obviously broken it four years later. Well, I mean, I I meant on stories that I write. Mm -hmm. Because typically, sometimes there are great comments on there. Who People who ask a question, I'll be like, man, I need to do that in the future. I need to answer that question somehow. But it's not worth the bad comments. No, the 30. Bad comments to get to that one That's right. that really is meaningful in well, some and, way, shape, or form. And for people out there that may want to ask those questions, your email addresses oh. are are there. There's a way to contact you, if you have without a, the comments. If you have a legitimate and a question or something that can add to the story, uh, my email will always be there. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> As we talk about news writing, but our, our, our email on sports is there too. Um, if you have any questions or if you have any information you would like to share with us. You know, in fact, somebody reached out to me last week about an issue that I had taken up on Twitter and actually sent me an email, a, a detailed email that I need to respond to. So if you're listening, I've not forgotten you. I've just not addressed <laughs> And you it. know who you are. It, Seriously, they do. Um, yeah. I, I did. And speaking of reaching out, if you reach out to us and we can, we will do our best to acknowledge what you've said. And I want to acknowledge uh, Brantley Whitwell's granddad sent us some information on Twitter about their team awards. And I just wanted to give him a shout out for doing that because we obviously team awards are not something we would typically talk about on the show. But if somebody sends them to but us, but if you send them to us, we'll be happy to, you know, to talk about it. And uh, so shout out to Gold Glover and Silver Slugger, Brantley Whitwell, including um, he was co MVP, first team all district, team captain. Uh, along with Dawson Hargrove, who was first team all district and won the ACE award. Oh, that's right. Spring Hill had their baseball their banquet. banquet over yeah. the weekend. Yeah. And then uh, he was also co MVP. Jackson Marbit won, was all district second team, I think. Mm-hmm. And the team captain, Chase Bland, was most improved. Chance. I'm sorry. Chance Bland was most improved. Luca Boylan, uh, the honors award. And um, Brent Miser. Quint Miser, not Brent. Quint Miser was all district. So yeah, that's a that's a Q. Yeah, it's actually just says Miser. I was trying to remember it in my <laughs> and for some reason it went to Brent, and I guess that was because I was on Brett McMurphy and not yeah. Anyway, not Quint McMurphy. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. So if you send us stuff, we we will be and and if you invite us to games, sometimes we'll show up, and if you're not there, we're gonna give you crap about it, <laughs> Kim. <laughs> 
How are you going to invite us to a game, JP, and then you and your kid don't show up to the game to play? <laughs> Ooh. That's a hard one to swallow. <laughs> yeah. Is that, what, that what you're looking for? There we go. Uh, just kidding, Kim Woodside. We <laughs> we appreciate you, you reaching out. All right. <laughs> now that we've uh, blown this segment completely. Their transition. We're good. Let's uh, I tell you what. Let, let's do Loretta football now, because right. because Braves, we're not going to have enough time to get to the to, to all the things we need to get to about the Braves. So let's talk about Loretto football a little bit because Caden Porter, I talked to him. Uh, when did I talk to him? A couple last Thursday night. Last Thursday night. Going to be a big part of this Loretto football team, and I think it's. You know, it's important to note that this Loretto team is moving up to two A. They're going to to have a a pretty big hill to climb. The good thing for them is this district is really wide open. This region is not cut and dry. They beat Summertown last year. Beat Mount Pleasant last. No, did they beat Mount Pleasant last year? No, they did not beat Mount Pleasant last year. That's right. That was the one game that Mount Pleasant won last year. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's not to say that they – I mean, it was a 27-20 ball game. This is a team that, that that can certainly play for a playoff spot. Yeah, and, you know, last year was Barry Daniels' first year as head coach down there. And so I think that, you know, him and his staff having a year to – work with these guys. I think they've got a lot of young guys and not coming having, back. Not having had much preparation last year in his oh, first yeah. year. Last, <laughs> being a first-year coach last year, I mean, Oof. that had to be nightmarish. <laughs> Can and you so, imagine? you know, having a, having a full offseason, you know, spring practice and summer drills and seven-on-seven seven and conditioning and – lifting and everything that you typically do as a football program that they weren't able to do in Barry Daniels' first season has got to make everybody feel a lot better. And like I said, they've got a lot of guys that played a lot last year as young guys, like sophomores and juniors last year that are now juniors and seniors and are going to be, you know, a year – a year better, you would think. And again, as you said, in this region, um, region five two A, besides Forest, I don't know that anybody is heads and shoulders ahead of anybody else. So the wide open is a, a great descriptive for this league. No question there. They do get uh, as I was talking about uh Caden Porter, he will play running back and Probably some defense for them. Scored nine touchdowns last year. Three different ways. Three rushing, three receiving, three returns. Versatile. Versatile and dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, returns are the most exciting plays in football. So, yeah. I mean, that right there just shows you that he has the ability to find a hole, and when he does, it's off to the races. So, so – Mobile, agile, hostile, and versatile. And versatile. It's, yeah. it's, there's four now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
talking to Coach Daniel over the offseason, I think the offensive line was a big um, plus for him. I think it was kind of a source of comfort, um, again, from having had the offseason of getting in the weight room and conditioning and that kind of thing. And with guys like Caden Porter, with guys like Carter Daniel, you know, your skill guys are only as good as those guys in front of you. So I, I think they're encouraged by that. Yeah, they got um six four two sixty five Jesse Brown, Grant Tidwell, who's uh six foot two eighty. Uh got a couple of, you know, smaller kids on there as well. But when you when you run certain offenses, you can have smaller kids up front, and that's okay, especially at those guard positions. You need your tackles to be a little bit bigger and maybe your center, but other than that, you can have some guys who are who are mobile. Uh, and hostile. And, and hostile. Ide- ideally. ideally yeah. <laughs> you would like for them to be just that. So, yeah, I mean, it, this is a team that, that's got some, some capable of making some noise in this region last year. Uh, fell to Waverly in the first round of the playoffs, forty-three to seven, but only lost to Forest eighteen-seven. I think uh, other teams from their the only other team they played was Mount Pleasant, which they lost to twenty-seven twenty. Yeah, and, and uh, well, they beat Summertown twelve-seven. So they played three of their region opponents last year in, in non-region games. Little, right, little continuity. Yeah, yeah. So they opened this year at Collinwood in week one, and then who I saw last night, and then the. Then they've got as big a non-region game as they can have as they host Lawrence County on August 27th. I really want to go down there for that game just because that picture that they post. Because the water tower that you can see from the football field, come on. That's that's small-town high school football nostalgia. That is straight out of Varsity Blues. I really need to get down there for a football game because the last time I was there for a football game, it was a playoff game between Loretto and Brentwood Academy. Wow. Trust me, things did not go the I home team's didn't. way. <laughs> I bet they didn't. So, and I yeah. bet they weren't sad to see them go. David Daniel, the principal at Loretto at the time, caught me coming off the field, so that's the best team money can buy. And he probably wasn't wrong. He wasn't far from wrong. Yeah. Um, Loretta goes to Forest to open region play over Labor Day weekend. Then they come back home for back-to-back games against Wayne County and Mount Pleasant, the latter being a region game. Three straight on the road at Lewis County at Summertown in region play. That's for the Pegasus Cup. And that one's actually on a Thursday night, September 30th. Yeah, there we go. Um, at Moore County, and then they finish up with region games at home against Cascade and Richland. So, you know, the back half of that schedule is really ma- – this schedule is outside really manageable. Of, outside of Lewis County. Yeah, well, uh, and maybe Forest. Yeah, I mean, this is a schedule that is set up for the Mustangs to really do some damage, again, in a in a region that's – Wide open. It is a wide open region, so I will be interested to see how it works out and uh, to see Barry Daniel in year number two with a full off season under his belt and some, like you said, some young kids who have grown up. So mm-hmm. he's been able to nurture those kids from a, a you know into his system while they had malleable minds. Sure, there you go. So, Moldable. 
they were moldable. And I think that's that's a big deal. So I, I think Loretto could certainly play a a big role in where and how this region shakes out. They'll, really they'll, they'll certainly have a say in how things go. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for this segment. We will talk Atlanta Braves baseball uh, in the next segment as they continue their series against the Cardinals tonight, looking to get back to 500. Can they do it? We shall see. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around right after this. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again live from the league company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow 26 minutes past the hour approaching the bottom of hour number two of this two hour show <laughs> on wednesday we are still on the two down. hours that's right not hour three, three. no three hours you remember, do you guys remember when we talked about that? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna add a third hour. And we're only gonna talk about FCS. <laughs> that was a bad idea. Fortunately, it didn't come to fruition. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I think that was JP's idea this month. <laughs> I'm kidding. That explains everything. <laughs> no more, uh, more, more. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not. A if some is good, more is better, right? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm uh, I subscribe to the kiss method. Keep, Keep it simple, simple, stupid. Amen. I love it. No doubt. Hey, real quick before we get into the Braves, Tom Silverstein reporting that former Cane Ridge lineman Josh Avery has signed a contract to play for the Green Bay Packers. Congrats to him. I, Russell Venosi tweeted it, and huh. so I thought. I'm not familiar with that name. Josh, well, I'm not familiar with Tom Silverstein either, but but <laughs> Tom Tom Silverstein is just uh, he works for the Sentinel Journal Sentinel, huh. so he covers the Packers. But uh, th- six foot three, three hundred eighteen pound defensive lineman that played at SEMO. Okay, huh. undrafted in twenty, played part of last year with Seattle and played with the Alphas of the Spring League. The Alphas, you probably remember him from the Alphas. Uh, I d- I probably saw him on the <laughs> roster and said, hey, they got a SEMO guy. <laughs> Wouldn't have known where he went to high school, but yeah. Russell Venosi did. So. Good for them. He might be the first Kane Ridge guy to make an NFL roster. That's pretty cool. Eddie Woods does a really good job over there, by the way. There you go. Uh, as we get ready to talk about the Atlanta Braves, I am really curious 
on your thoughts on the race to 500. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves, who sit at 53 and 54, are two and a half games back of the National League East leading New York Mets. Two and a half games under 500. What? The Mets are coming back to them. Thank goodness. Yeah, because they weren't going to get them. <laughs> I mean, that's not for not for quite a while there. I, I really feel like, and I mean, when you look at this matchup tonight, you know, you've got Drew Smiley, who, as you keep telling me, has pitched really well here of late, seven and three with a four four zero going against Ja Hap, five and six with a six seven seven. You know, I mean. We've been saying this is the time, certainly the time to get out of that one loss, one loss, one loss thing. And and they the got to do it today. The way they took care of business last night was really encouraging. I think. I mean, five runs in the first inning and another in the in the second. I would have liked to have seen them score some more rather than sitting on that six. But you know, you got to Yeah. Yes. Agreed, but and just again because every time you open that bullpen door, you don't know what's coming out. That's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And so, you know, fortunately, you know they got the six-one win last night. Um, and I think that we need to we need to give Brian Snicker some some credit for. The way that he has put this lineup together after the break, has or after the trade deadline, has been really solid. He he's he's found a spot for Jorge Soler, and yeah, Jorge Soler may be the only hitter that looks least likely to be a number two hitter than Freddie Freeman. <laughs> he's a big boy, uh, you know. He's not what you expect at the two spot. Apparently, in one of those month-long stats that are, I guess, important, I'm not sure how you, whatever it was, Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman had pretty good Julys. Freddie ranked 13th and Austin 21st in this stat. Solaire was 4th for the month of July. <laughs> and he's still barely hitting 200 if he's and hitting he's, 200. He, I think he finally hit 200 last night. Um let, let me see if I can find his his batting average after I think it was 196 going into last night. Oh, was it well it was 198 coming into as a brave. Right? I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm just I, I don't know what his average is, but mm-hmm. it's it's not good. No, um, but he's been. But it's fan- better. He's been fantastic yeah. since he got here. It's better, but it still ain't good. As a brave, he's hitting four fifty five. <laughs> the the six four two thirty five pound Jorge Soler <laughs> in the two spot. The the two best averages on the team as Braves, Jorge Soler. And Austin Riley. Waskari Noah. <laughs> Waskari Noah, who's hitting 353 on the year. <laughs> oh, Does man. Does that count the hit that he got off that dugout bench? 
I, <laughs> that's a good question. They got an extra hit off that one. Kyle Wright's number three with 333 average. Hmm. Uh, Bryce What's Wilson. He, one for three? Uh, yeah. Bryce Wilson pitched five, five innings, gave up two runs for the Pirates two days ago. So, again, mm. Rick Cranitz has got to go. You ain't got to go home, but you cannot you stay, stay here. here. Cannot stay here. That's that's the one thing that really needs to happen over this offseason. <laughs> if not sooner. The Atlanta Braves have four players who've hit 20 home runs. They could hand, They could wind up with as many as seven guys that hit 20 homers this season. Now, not all of them will have been with Atlanta because Solaire, I think, has thir- had 13 or 14 at Kansas City, and Jock Peterson had about that many with the Cubs. But going back to my original point, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Snicker understanding that we're facing three lefties in this series – Ozzy Albies hitting right-handed is dangerous. Lethal. So then you've got – And and to to double up on your point, because when they traded for Jock Peterson, I think they had pretty much told him, you're going to bat lead off and play right field, you know, until. I think until came a little quicker than they anticipated. But I don't think Ozzy stuck there, though. I, I I think this is a left-handed type of thing. If you're going to get three or four lefties in a row, you're going to bat him leadoff. But Jock, Jock splits. Mm-hmm. His average as a leadoff hitter versus not being a leadoff hitter for this season are kind of like when Vokes pitched or catching for Freed versus Kevin Smith. I mean, it, it's it's night and day, the the batting average. So you, you have to pick your spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important to note that Brian Snicker has done well in picking his spots. Now, it hasn't necessarily shown up on the win-loss column. But our offense has been better. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. a, that's an Alex Anthopoulos. That's a Brian Snicker. That's a well-done offense. Now, you still got to deal with your, your bullpen and, your, you know, and that sort of thing. But as long as Jesse Chavez is coming out of the bullpen, I'm feeling good right now. That guy's lights out, and we throw him in a we throw him in a non levered situation. Yeah, when when that's who you're hanging your bullpen hopes on. I, I mean, I'm I'm not sure that that's. I guess ride it while you can. And yes, ride it while you can. Get as much out of the thirty eight year old as I mean. The Cardinals seem to think you can get stuff out of thirty eight year olds. Hey, let them. Because because we're we're gonna face another one tonight, <laughs> as as you said, Ja Hap. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, John Lester was pretty upset in the first thing. I don't know if you saw him. He I, was. I did not. He was very angry with the home plate umpire. Felt he was getting squeezed. And her, well, when you when you're three and five with a five plus ERA, there's probably some calls you don't get. Yes. And they weren't strikes. So there you <laughs> I mean, go. They weren't strikes. So that how how dare you call that ball a ball? And and basically, I mean, home plate umpire, you know, Yachty turned around and and the, <laughs> and the guy was, 
And the umpire was like, you need to go get your boy because uh, those were balls. I mean, it's six inches off the plate outside, and he's wanting the, he's wanting the call. So Yachty finally goes up there and says, dude. Those aren't th- strikes. Those aren't strikes. Those Just aren't strikes. Calm down. Throw strikes. And Those aren't. And then he did. He only gave up one run after that. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. I mean, it was a home run to Freddie, but it was just one run. So, I, I, now that St. Louis is at five hundred, we've we've put them at the five hundred mark. The Braves could get back to five hundred tonight. They've won seven of those games this year, right? I think they're seven and if they win this one tonight, yeah. So seven games they've won with a chance to get to five hundred, and they've gone oh with a win tonight. That would be the seventh time. Is it? Okay. Yeah. That's right, because they did not get back to 500 against the Mm-mm. Brewers. No, they did not. So they... They're 6-14 and 14 in opportunities to become 500. And, and they're 0-6. Oh, and 6 in opportunities to go over Correct. 500. Yeah, so... That's that's tough, man. I mean, this is the time. You get, you, you've got your chance. So, if the Braves can get the win tonight, I think... I would almost feel comfortable. And you finish, and then you finish this series tomorrow night in St. Louis, and then you come home to play three against Washington. You're off. You play three against Cincinnati. Then you go to Washington, Miami, and Baltimore for three each. And the only team that I'm worried about there is Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati. Funny story. <laughs> so Ben and Joe were conversing. Which first game that uh, they timeout, were- timeout, timeout. All right. Have you noticed how much more jovial Joe Simpson sounds Fantastic. on the radio than on TV? He's so good. I'm a fan of Joe Simpson on radio. I'm a fan of Joe Simpson with Ben, ben. Ingram. I think Ben Ingram makes him so much better. I think, and, and maybe maybe that's it. I think Chip makes everyone worse. He was. I mean, I hate it listening to him. Do you on TV? Do you remember when the first time we heard? Uh, your boy's guy. What's his name? My boy's guy. That plaster's guy. Oh, Adam Duvall? Nope. Oh. Oh, Francoeur. Francoeur. First time. <laughs> My boy's guy. First time we heard Francoeur, we were like, hey, this guy's good. And then the longer he stays with Chip, the worse he's he gotten. And same thing with Paul Bird the other night. Man, Paul Birdie, is great. Birdie's great. Except he's not been in the booth with Chip but once. Put him in there full time. He's going to get worse too. This what, is what's, what's the common denominator? What's the right? common denominator here, folks? I'm just I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so anyway, Ben and Joe are having a conversation. First of all, it's the first time that they've been on site. Yeah. all year they were in St. Louis last night, so that was pretty cool. But. They were talking about the Yankees had a 9-0 lead on Baltimore. And Ben says, have you counted those guys out yet? And Joe says, the Orioles? Yeah, I did that when we were in Sarasota. (laughs) 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 It was was the funniest thing. (laughs) I thought... Nice job, Joe Simpson. That was well played, well played, sir. Joe Simpson off the top rope. Yeah. Um, this day in Braves history, on August 4th, 1922, Ray Powell of the Boston Braves hit an inside-the-park home run in the bottom of the ninth, but the hit and the inning were wiped out because rain made further play impossible. The game reverted back to the end of the eighth inning, resulting in a 3 nothing victory for the visiting Pittsburgh Pirates. 
That's unfortunate. <laughs> that's it's a, that's that's really unfortunate. That's rough. Like, man, that's brutal. What happened to my inside the park <laughs> home run? What home run? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. At least, at, okay. If nothing else, baseball keeps meticulous records. Mm. So even when it doesn't happen. It happened. We know it happened. There we go. So thank you, baseball, for keeping meticulous records and stats. Ray Powell thanks you. <laughs> I wonder if he's the, the, in the, the gym. The family of Ray Powell thanks, thanks you, I Jim. imagine, on August 4th, 1922. Um, sounds continue their seven-game series against visiting Toledo tonight at First Horizon Park. Um First pitch in game one is in about 25 minutes. Um, sounds 45 and 33, Toledo 44 and 33. After yesterday's three to two nine inning victory, Weston Wilson with a game winning RBI base hit in the eighth after Corey Ray went yard for two runs in the third inning. So, Weston Wilson, Mr. Clutch, just no, call him Clutch. Every time we're talking about Weston Wilson, late. it's a game-winning yeah. RBI or Close something. Close and late. He's there, man. Um, again, doubleheader tonight, making up for um, a rainout in May. I wonder who the home team is in the first game. I would guess the first game is the May game, so I would guess the Mud Hens are the home game, but that'll be worth keeping an eye on. So, I don't know. Uh I do know that tonight should be a great night to be out at the ballpark if if it follows last night because last night was a great night to be at football scrimmages. Yeah, no doubt. It was very really, un August. It was really nice outside last night, and I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna knock on wood there. But uh, mm-hmm. Drew Hutchinson for Toledo in game one, seven and three with a three eight two ERA. That's a pretty solid mark in triple A. I started to say, especially in the Pacific Coast League, but the Pacific Coast League no longer exists, so never mind. Either way, may see him in Detroit here sooner rather than later. Uh, Thomas Jenkins on the bump for Nashville. The 6'3", 2026-year-old is 2-5 on the year with a 6'3", ERA. If you don't have your country legend wind-up racer, George Jones, probably not going to get one. I I just want to know if when you wind it up, if it goes wobbly sideways or if it just goes straight. <laughs> I, don't I just want to know. I don't. I don't have one. So, does it come with its own lawnmower? It's got to. If it doesn't, what are we doing here? Well, uh, if, if That's what I would want. The lawnmower. If it doesn't have a lawnmower, then they've really missed out. Uh, no question. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Wild and Wacky. <laughs> That's a good way to get to Wild and Wacky right there. Uh, Wild and Wacky Wednesday coming up on the other side of the break. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. Be right back after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Wednesday on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with the two zaniest guys this side of the Duck River. It's like you joined a circus or something. Here's Chris and Mo. <laughs> the background of that should have been like some kind of circus music. work on that, yeah. Little circus music. It's like you joined a circus That's it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Speaking of the fairs in town. You guys go to the fair? You like the in fair? Murray County? Here? It, Here? No, no, it's just in like it's it's in Williamson County right oh, it's now. In Williamson it's Williamson County. Just, yeah. There's fairs going on right now, like in the area. I'm pretty sure Cool Springs is set up. That's not where the fair is. So well, okay, it's what do you call Expo, those? Right? Yeah, what yeah. do you call those? They're carnival. Carnival. That's Carnivals? what it is. Yeah. There, there's some carnivals going on right yeah. now, and and but it's it's getting that time. Fairs are coming. Oh yeah, out. I think I think the Williamson County Fair is. Uh, it might start this weekend. When is the Wilson County Fair? That's the one that I'm trying to get. Back you know, to. I've been meaning to go over there for the um, demolition derby for years. <laughs> the dem- I didn't even know they had a demolition derby. They have a demolition derby. August twelfth to the twenty first. So it's coming at up Wilson, at Wilson County. Look and see if there ain't a demolition derby over there. It's not a fair unless there's a demolition derby. Well, I don't know about all that. Uh, the barrel races are on the seventh. That's that's before the. I, I don't. I don't. I, this is the Tennessee State Fair. They've moved the Tennessee State Fair to Wilson County now. Mm, by the way, I forgot. That's right. I forgot about that. I, you know, I don't. I don't see. A a demolition derby. I started typing it in in my search bar, and it pops up. Mm-hmm. Good. You, you then August twenty first. I hadn't gotten that far yet. I'm still on the fifteenth. They got enough. They got enough exhibits on here to to get you. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's the Saturday after. That's week the final one. day of the fair. They're just like, all right, fair's over. Let's tear everything up. <laughs> Well, including the cars. Apparently, there's one that Friday night for stock full-size model years 1980 and up and pre-run cars. Okay, and then it's the same thing on Saturday the 21st. So, The music over there is fantastic. I love fairs. I go to fairs. I like fairs. Uh, big fan. Have fairs. we have we done a top five fair, fair foods? foods? We did. 
Did we do that? We did. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's been a long time, though. It was a long time. It was about it, probably a year ago around this time. Uh, probably. It could very well have been. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't around this time because we didn't come on until it, Chris's birthday, yeah, but it was right. probably it was, early right. on. Yeah, my birthday will be. The anniversary of our show every year will happen. So we're just going to have a, a party for the anniversary of the show. Perfect. And it certainly will not be because of my birthday. But the, but the cake will always say, have Chris on it. Just Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. just, just, <laughs> it's going to have it's gonna have my face. Just, just a picture of my yeah. face. So, yeah, so there's a demolition derby on August 21st, and I might go. I'm here for it. Let's go. All right. All right. Buzz, buzz. Wonder wonder if we can get press passes. (laughs) Well, considering, you know, Wilson County. Maybe. the future. Maybe. Press passes for the demolition derby. Mm Mm-hmm. I hey, mean, why not? Well, I mean, take some video. If, if I don't, if show. I don't have to pay to get in, um, hey, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Yeah. All right. Speaking of wild and wacky, wild and wacky <laughs> Wednesday. All right. So, in in the absence of intern two Lawson Smith, I've got a story. That's ought to be good. Yeah. As it turns out, this is from September of last year, but some kind of way it, it it got legs over the weekend on Twitter. Five parrots separated at British Zoo after encouraging each other to curse profusely at guests. <laughs> A British wildlife sanctuary has been forced to separate five parrots who wouldn't stop swearing at visitors. Keepers say the birds encouraged each other to keep cursing and had to be moved from the main outdoor aviary. Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie were removed from view this week. Again, this was in September of last year. The Associated Press reports they recently joined the Lincolnshire Wildlife Center's colony of 200 African gray parrots in August were put in quarantine together and quickly overwhelmed the staff with their naughty language. We, we are quite used to parrots swearing, but we've never had five at the same time, the center's executive told AP. Most parrots clam up outside, for, but for some reason, these five relish it. According to Nichols, none of the zoo's visitors complained about the parrots, and most found them amusing. Well, yeah. When, when, a, when a parrot tells you to... Yeah. Off. It amuses people very highly. It's brought a big smile to a really hard year. I'm going to leave that at that, but you can find this on cbsnews.com because it's it's pretty lengthy and pretty amusing. So, uh, I did want to mention this. The Tennessee Titans, you know, we talked about Ryan Tannehill, and he said that if players don't get vaccinated, the NFL makes their life miserable. So, basically, they just trade all of those players to the Jets. Uh. <laughs> that's yeah that would do it <laughs> unless uh, you actually choose to sign there looking at you Corey Davis yeah. right. <laughs> frontier passenger <laughs> I had that one as well go ahead frontier air passenger have you ever have you ever flown frontier it's I have. it's yeah. like playing for the jets mm-hmm. it's awful the the seats aren't even padded they're like they're, they're lunchroom chairs like it's ultra they're just, economy. They're they're lunchroom chairs that that like snap together on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Like one has the hole and one has yeah. yeah. So you and then they like bubble gum them to the to the floor. They just take the bubble gum from underneath it, and that's what they use to stick it to the floor. That's yeah. that's flying frontier. Well, so some turbulence. The chairs might 
Might get a little air. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, that explains why the accessory that was used in this story is, exact- is on the plane. Exactly. Okay, go ahead. Apparent, allegedly, a a passenger on a Frontier flight touched flew two flight attendants um, in the breasticles, and then touched them inappropriately. He, yes. Yeah. Uh, then he screamed that his parents are worth two million dollars before punching a flight attendant. First of all, if your parents are worth $2 million, why are you flying Frontier? Uh, That's the real question. Well done. <laughs> Secondly, Frontier flight attendants took duct tape and duct taped him to the, the chair. Yep. They duct taped him to the chair, which was 1,000% the right thing to do. Because this guy, he he deserved every. They should have duct taped him to the back of the chair too, not just the seat. They should have beat him up and then duct taped him and, to the chair. And, and then I wish they'd have put an extra strip across his face because that's when he went on his tirade. Mm-hmm. So, twenty-two-year-old Max Berry is in custody. The Frontier s- flight crew has been suspended pending an investigation, but it's a paid suspension, and that's just typical protocol stuff. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I think the, I think the union is is backing them on yeah. this. So. They'll, they'll be fine. I certainly hope they'll so. They'll be just fine. They'll yeah. be just fine. Anyway, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so did I. Because <laughs> I had it on my screen here. Oh, man, I hate that I took that away. You're you, good. Have I, you got anything else? I do. I go, do. go for it then. So, um, I hate that this is about Texas Roadhouse, but one Texas Roadhouse customer does not play when it comes to his stakes. Recently, 22-year-old Anton- Make that too. <laughs> Recently, 22-year-old Antonio Chacon decided to celebrate his birthday at the popular chain restaurant in Pueblo, Colorado. Oh, Antonio Chacon, not Pablo Chacon? No. no. From where the Millers? <laughs> Boo. Antonio. <laughs> During his meal, he thought his six-ounce steak looked a little on the small side, so he decided to do what any of us would do in Have this predicament. This? And he pulled out his very own scale. <laughs> <laughs> And he wasn't wrong. According to Chacon, the weight of the steak came in at just 3.68 ounces. Hmm. The Colorado native ordered his to-go meal with fries and mashed potatoes, doubling up on the starches. There you go. On the potatoes? (laughs) Just different variety. Yeah. But when he looked at the dish, he noticed his sirloin looked, quote, really small. The birthday boy then went out to his car and grabbed some weighing scales from his toolbox before returning mm-hmm. to find yeah, out the steak. Toolbox, toolbox. Air quotes. <laughs> toolbox. He's in Colorado, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke on Twitter. Before returning to find out the steak's accurate weight as the server's job proceeded to hit the floor. After complaining about the false advertising, he posted a picture online to air out his grievances. It now has more than 16,000 reactions, 92,000 shares. It had been my birthday. I ordered the ribs and steak. I got a six-ounce steak, and when they brought it, it looked really small. I've eaten there before, and I know my steaks. I never really thought about weighing it before. If it's a six-ounce steak, you'd have thought it'd be six ounces no matter what, even when it's cooked. Well, he's wrong there. Well, it literally uh, tells you on the menu, the longer you cook it, the smaller the steak gets. Okay, and he but probably still. cooked it. Well done. It, well, well, yeah. I mean, it should it should be around five, half? five and a half, not <laughs> not four, and not certainly and not, not less point, than four, yeah. not three point eight or whatever it was. Yeah, definitely. I never knew steak shrunk. I guess it shrunk a little bit, but it shouldn't shrink that much. Chacon also said the staff kindly remade his meal. That was nice of him. Chef even came out to present the new steak to him. The new meal looked way bigger and a lot better the second time around. I bet it did. So many Seinfeld references in yes. my head, but one that will stick here. The problem is. 
He thought he was going to a birthday party. He ended up going to the Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Aaron Sports. those grievances. Today. That's exactly what I thought, too. Oh, man. Going to be great. Lee Company Studio back tomorrow with all kinds of great excitement. We've got plenty to talk about. We're going to try and get a brand new Murray County area coach to join us on the airwaves. Which one of those three? We don't know yet. We'll make that. Well, there's three if you count the C-State soccer coach. I mean, there there are options. We got options. We got options. Options are good. Options are good. So come back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel, 4 p.m. Thanks for watching on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, not on LinkedIn. If you're watching on LinkedIn, I don't know what you're watching. You're not watching not us. Not watching this. <laughs> but we will be back on WKOM 101.7 FM, 94.5 The Eagle. If you missed any part of today's show, sm-tnsports.com. You can rewatch the video or you can listen to the podcast. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. For Mo Patton and J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day. Stay cool, Columbia. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast brought to you by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you'd like to hear us live each and every weekday, tune in from 4 to 6 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia. Also visit www.sm-tnsports.com for the most comprehensive and timely coverage of high school sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee.